Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from Stonehaven Dental, 4577 South, 40th West. Uh, check out what they can do for you. Go to stonehavendental.com. Book your appointment today. Uh, we have a, a little NBA news, uh, Gordon. Uh, Heat's Bam Adebayo upgraded to questionable for Game 4 of the NBA Finals. Goran Dragic is still doubtful. So a little injury update for you. The Heat stayed alive. We're going to talk to Frank here in a second. But how about Jimmy Butler with their historic yes. performance to keep his team in it? That's awesome. What a game. That was remarkable watching him play in that game. I, you know, that nothing, just a tip of the cap to that kid, uh, that guy on that particular performance. And you've been bringing this up a lot that everyone for a while there thought Jimmy Butler was there was something wrong with him. He was a coach killer, and all, but all all that time maybe maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was just really competitive and he wanted to win, and he saw too much commotion around him that was preventing it. I uh, there was a hilarious tweet, and I think it was from somebody at ESPN. I can't remember exactly who it was that said. Uh, Remember that infamous scrimmage in Minnesota? Well, I think we just saw the live game version, which <laughs> yeah. I thought was hilarious. Because with those yeah. guys out, Adebayo and, and Drogic, I mean, those are two really good players. And, mm-hmm. you know, Jimmy just said, uh, hey, give me what you got, and I'm going to go, yep. go take it to him. Amazing. Didn't take a yes. three-point shot. Yeah, that was, that was impressive. And, look, the Lakers could have won that game. And then the heat would have been dead meat, uh, you know, because they ain't coming back from being down three zip. And uh, and Jimmy Butler just said, get out of my way, man. I'm coming through. I'm going to keep us alive. It's amazing. Yep. I I wonder how we will, and I say we, I, I mean like the kind of the overall reputation, how we will all view Jimmy Butler after this is all said and done. Will we uh, include him in the conversation of uh, the best of superstars? Or will he still have that kind of um, uh, malcontent reputation that he's had over the past few years? It'll be really well, interesting. I don't know about the first point. The second point, I think, has been mitigated. Oh, yeah, I mean, so, it would uh, appear so. Doesn't sound like his current teammates are complaining much. Yeah. Would you consider him a top five, a top seven player in the NBA? See, I don't know. That's why That's why I kind of put it that way. How much yeah. credit are we going to give him coming out of this? Because it is a real team style. I mean, last night's game aside, they, they have not been a one-man show throughout this playoff. So, I mean, how does that really, you know, affect it? But, um, you know, you think who would you put in front of him right now? I mean, LeBron and, um, and I would probably keep Kawhi in front of him. Uh, who else? Uh, uh, the Greek freak. Yeah. Who else is automatically a better player than uh, the Jimmy Butler? Well, after a game like last night, <laughs> we got whoa. Wait a minute. Let's stop and think about that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I. I think we'll have to see how this this thing plays out. But if he brings the Heat back, now now you're talking about something totally differently. You know. 
No doubt. All right, let's switch gears. Let's talk a little college football. Uh, let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. He, of course, is uh, our Ute insider here on the station, former Ute quarterback, longtime Ute broadcaster, and our good friend, Frank Dolce. What's up, Frank? Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Great to catch up with you. Frank, are you a fan of country music? I love country music. Do yeah. you know uh, a singer by the name of Morgan Whalen? Oh, that's a good question. I would say no because it doesn't come to me off the top of my head. I would have to hear uh, a song or so or something. Uh, you, would, you would recognize the, the, one of his songs, I think. We're trying to figure out whether it's Whalen w, or Wallen. W-H-A-L-E-N? No. W-A-L-L-E-N. W-A-A-L-L-E-N? Yeah. That sounds more like Wallen. Yeah, I know. That's what we're... We seem to be well, having trouble. Are we trying trouble. to figure out? Gordon says he's a, a big fan of the singer, but has no idea how to pronounce his name. Well, that's because... My wife played four of his songs for me this morning, and I saw his name written out, but I didn't know how you say it. And I, I looked it up online, and like five different places said Morgan Wallen, and then uh, two other sources are saying Morgan Whalen. So I, we don't know. Uh, well, we don't PK, know. PK is the one who brought up Morgan Whalen with me, and he pronounced it Whalen. Okay, well, I can. I guess I can accept that. I mean, <laughs> so I was hoping you could help, Frank. But well, hey, you know, I would that's go right. with, If I were Morgan, I'd go with Waylon because Waylon Jennings. I mean, you want to be associated with one of the all-time greats. So I agree I'd with you Waylon. there. I'd agree with you yeah. there. All right, Frank. Let's talk a little Ute fo- football. How happy yeah. are you that we have Ute football to talk about eventually? <laughs> I know it feels it feels pretty good. Um, you know, it's such a, it's been such a weird year in lots of ways, not just the, the pandemic, but, um, I think all of us are kind of trying to figure out how to, how to get back to some normalcy and with, with high school sports and the way high school sports has been operating, fairly safely i mean that's not without its incidents but but i think the the incidents haven't been haven't had tragic outcomes and that's that's pretty encouraging and and so and then you know professional sports um it's kind of you know i don't know if you could say it's hummed along but it's kind of gone along and managed everything pretty well and and so yeah collegiate sports i think is is the, you know, another step toward ki- kind of getting back to healing some, some some part of society. So I'm just, I'm really for lots of reasons I'm really excited about it. I I, I really enjoy college football and um, and the fact that the Pac-12 is going to jump back into it. And I mean I think out, outside of just the just the love of the sport and the competition there's probably bigger things that that happen because sport is is consumed we're going to be able to consume sports once again so frank when you look at this schedule as it uh, came out 
the Utes uh, start with Arizona and then UCLA, SC, Arizona State, Oregon State, and Colorado. Obviously, they're playing the teams in the South, the crossover game, Oregon State. They could have mm-hmm. done worse than that, huh, as far no as uh, accommodating schedules. Yeah, there that that goes as about as well as I think you could go in terms of the in terms of just the pure crossover. Yeah, because you have to play yeah, obviously you're gonna have to play the South. So that is what it is. And um and I think that that even is a pretty accommodating that seems like an accommodating schedule. When you don't have teams on uh, on there like uh in Oregon or or Washington, um Boy, certainly, I think the Utes could have done way worse than what where they landed. I think that's a very favorable schedule. Frank, I thought uh, Coach Whittingham's comments last week were were really interesting. Where he said he thought his he could have his team prepared even two weeks earlier than what they set the opening yeah. week at. But he said other coaches in the league, and we could all take a stab in the dark about who, who uh, he was talking about, said they wanted to start on November the 14th, which would lead yeah. me to believe that where Utah has been able to function a little bit, maybe some of those California schools uh, haven't done anything at all. What do you think about the prep time and the date they decided on? So that that's all dependent on – to me, it's all dependent on whether or not generally the, the players have been maintaining some sort of fitness and uh, fitness level and working out either on their own or in some sort of limited team capacity. And I think probably in California and maybe um, even in Oregon, I think th- those are probably the two places where you would say, you could say, well, maybe they just haven't had the opportunity in a, in more of a team type of atmosphere to, to stay fit. So, and and others like, you know, probably Utah and maybe Arizona schools and um, maybe maybe Colorado. Maybe those programs have had a little bit more access to fitness and strength and conditioning programs on on some team level. And if that's the case then I, I really think you only need three weeks to, to, to really be prepared. If you have some fitness going into it, then three weeks to me seems like more than enough time to get prepared to play a game. And that would, be, that would look like you know, a week, um, maybe even two weeks of kind of double-day practices. Under the, under the NCAA guidelines, which is not every day, it's kind of an every other day, couple scrimmages in there. And then one week, so in those two weeks, you get used to being in pads and used to contact and tackling and all of that stuff and increase your fitness. And then the final week, the third week, is game prep. That seems very reasonable to me. Teams where, where you haven't had a lot of fitness happening with players, then that also, that, then you have to take that into consideration because, you know, it's just the, the, the risk of injury increases. Uh, so, Maybe at that point you're talking about maybe the need for four, five weeks to kind of get six weeks even to get in shape and then get into football shape and then prepare for a game. Frank, when you look at the South, uh, obviously the Utes have the benefit of not having to play themselves. 
the way other teams in the <laughs> South have to do. But what the heck's the matter with Arizona and Colorado? Why are the I know these programs have had some success in the past, but these are these are by the by the judgments I've seen. You know, people think those are the two of the worst teams in the conference. Why? Yeah. Why? Why is that? And why can't UCLA be a little better than it is? Terry Donahue is probably uh, just going crazy right now. Going, what's yeah. the matter with the team? I don't know. I, I, it's so UCLA tops the list for me because uh, maybe not anymore with with what's happening in California. California is a disaster, but. But UCLA, I mean, you walk across the campus at UCLA and uh, it feels like you just put a paper in front of a kid and say, sign here. You know, any any five star recruit is going to be, you know, crazy not to want to spend time in in that atmosphere um, with all of those resources available. Uh, We we used to say the same thing about uh, San Diego State in the old western athletic conference like san diego state that that's the easiest place in the world to recruit because you're you're in san diego and you should be able to just bring athlete after athlete to campus and and provide the resources and and so um arizona is is similar to that although you you know there's some there's like this success with the basketball team at arizona so and then colorado i I don't know how you can't recruit in Boulder. I just think that's another uh, unbelievable place. So it seems to me more of a lack of commitment toward, um, like, societally on those campuses, a lack of commitment toward the success of the football program than it is any anything else. Like getting the right guy in place, getting the right co- t- team in place, the right coach in place, and then having all of the resources available to build a program it seems like a lack of commitment on an administrative level at those places um ucla um colorado and and arizona seems to be the funny one to me because they seem to have some commitment on one side and and maybe or maybe they just can't figure it out on the football side on the other but i those are the head scratches i don't know if we'll ever figure those out um Gordon, but I feel the same way. Like there, there are just programs. You, you would think that it should be, you know, USC always, and they always contend. And then it should be UCLA. They should, because of the resources they have available, they should always contend. I wouldn't put Arizona quite up in that category, um, but I might say that Colorado, with with the where they are in the in the country and the campus and they should be in a position to contend on an, uh, a yearly basis. Frank Dolce with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Frank, kind of on the, the opposite end, who is your favorite in the division, and who do you think uh, is the favorite to win the conference? Uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'll put the Utah side because I, 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 I like Utah this year. But I'm, I'm kind of high on Arizona State. I, you know, I just think that's a program with – with I mean, Gordon, we were just talking about that. You, you know, the right people in place, and uh, and kind of this administrative dedication to the success of the program. It feels like that's happening at at uh, Arizona State. So I'm I'm kind of high on the Sun Devils, 
And then, and then I, I, I always feel like I, I don't necessarily feel like USC has uh, the leadership there, but they certainly have the talent there. And, you know, talent is, is that's hard to overcome. So I, I would put, I'd put Arizona State and USC and Utah as my, as my top three in the South. I think one is Arizona State. I think the next two may be interchangeable, but, you know, it'd be kind of in that mix, those top three. Frank, when you say leadership at USC, you talk about coaching, you're talking about athletic department leadership, you're talking about school president, yeah. all of yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because if, I was US, if I'm USC and I'm committed to the success of the football program, then Urban Meyer would be my head coach right now. Mm-hmm. They, that, that is a program that has the resources to attract a guy like Urban Meyer, and if you want to contend for national championships every year, then that's the guy you go get. I mean, that's, it seems pretty, that seems like pretty clear to me. Um, but, but there are certainly other things to, to factor in. And, and it's, it sounds like maybe that's what USC has done. They've factored in a lot of other things. And by the way, I'm a fan of the current head coach. I think Helton is a very good guy. Like he's a guy that you want in your program and and he he he's a guy that 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 does lots of good things for the for the program, um, but I don't think he's I don't necessarily think he's a guy that that takes a program and wins a national championship. So and and maybe there are just some things with those guys like an Urban Meyer, like a Nick Saban that that are just too unsavory for for administrations. Who's going to start a quarterback for the youth, Frank? Uh, well, it's going to be one of two guys, I think. There's three <laughs> guys in the mix. Um, it's going to be it's going to be one of two guys. I, I I go back and forth on this um, uh, because I think Rising gives you more. I think Rising is a is a capable passer, but he gives you more explosiveness in the ability to run the ball from the quarterback position. Um, and, and I would say just the opposite of, of Bennett is that you get the, the ability that you're capable at running the football from the quarterback position, but you get a, uh, you know, a way more proficient passing game. So either way, I think Utah can be successful with either quarterback and and I think they would be successful with either quarterback. And the reason I say that is that Andy Ludwig, um, in his one year, demonstrated the ability to very wisely use the talents of the resources that he had available at his particular position groups. And, and so I think he will be able to tailor and tweak his offense to whichever quarterback he decides to, to put in there in, in front. Um, I, I, I like both of those guys. I would lean toward rising a little bit at this point. Um, but that's, it's, a very, it's just very slightly I would lean that way. And, Frank, do you think that the running back situation will be done by committee this year, or is there a guy that you think will be the star? I think it will be done. I, I think it's hard, to, those guys, it's hard to separate those guys in a camp scenario. 
So I think it will be done by committee early until somebody just puts his foot on the position and says it's mine. And then you and then you go with with that particular guy. So I could see it. I could see a mix of running backs to three games in until maybe we see one. It, we see it trending one way after after a couple weeks or so. Frank, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for jumping on with us. Man, of course. I can't. I can't wait to do this more regularly now that we have have the season going, and it's always a pleasure for me. And I'm sure for Gordon to kind of agree on all the things we talk about, and then to, to mostly disagree with you. With you, yeah, Jay. I'm it's used to it, buddy. It's that, all good. It's, it's funny how that works, Frank. Isn't it? I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's all right. You, hey, you know what? I like it today. I like your Arizona State pick. I don't know if I agree with it, but I, it, it's bold. And and Herm Edwards is he's doing something down there in Tempe, so I, I like it. I, I like. I it. thought. I thought, and maybe just because I thought Herm Edwards two two or years ago, I thought he was going to be a disaster. Like he didn't <laughs> did even too. know that. I, it, it seemed to me like he didn't even know that that the mascot was a sun devil in that one press conference. He didn't I just know, thought, <laughs> he didn't, right? I just thought this is ridiculous. What have they done? And then you know, a couple of years in, they're like, "Wow, what have they done?" I mean, I <laughs> I just have become kind of a fan of his, so that's why I lean that way. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like I said, bold pick. Well done. Thanks, Frank. <laughs> All right, guys. Good to talk to you. There you go. That's our good friend, Frank Dolce, or at least Gordon's good friend. Well, I and, agree Frank with Frank historically has not liked me much. I agree with almost everything he said. And when he's talking about SC, you're talking about a program, uh, a legacy program that has terrific talent. And I agree with him completely on Clay Helton. I think he's a really nice guy, a decent guy. I just don't know. I don't think that's the guy I would pick to win games at SC. And he said Urban Meyer. Well, I think SC can can afford him. You know, yeah, but I, they have uh, they have the uh, second coming of Roger Staubach at quarterback. How could they? How could they blow it? <laughs> well, sometimes uh, you need someone to guide the entire program. Like I said, I really like. I, I thought Fred Frank said it perfectly. Uh, that uh, he's a heck of a nice guy. I just don't know if he's the guy I would hire as my head coach or keep as my head coach if I wanted to be serious about winning football games. All right, we are live today at Stonehaven Dental. Come out and see us. We're at their West Valley location, 4577 South, 40th West. Uh, feel free to stop on in. Joining the show now, Kevin Schreiber from right here at uh, Stonehaven. What's going on, Kevin? How are you? Going great. Hey, thanks for jumping on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming today. Hey, absolutely. Uh, our pleasure. Um, let's let's talk about kind of the – Gordon and I were mentioning earlier that it's just a different world out there right now, right? Uh, you know, we're all kind of dealing with it in our own way. So for people maybe who have put off going to the dentist because they're worried about it, uh, you guys are taking all sorts of precautions here. Yeah, right. Um, you know, all of our team members are now using, um, you know, face masks and things like that. We're also screening each patient as they come in the office, uh, making sure that uh, temperatures are good and, and uh, asking some questions about, uh, you know, recent, um, you know, symptoms or anything like that. And, uh, you know, obviously we're also uh, taking, uh, you know, extra time to clean the ops, uh, clean the office, make sure that things are 
are uh, good to go. Which I, I'm guessing is not a, a big leap for you guys. Uh, clean is probably pretty normal around here. Yes, not necessarily. It's not a, it's not a huge difference, but um, there are some new habits that we've kind of formed to, to make sure that patients know that we're which is, trying to take care of which them. Which is awesome. And you're doing a, a, a bunch of specials uh, for our listeners and, and the good folks out there today. You can get a free exam and x-ray, right? Yep. For all of our new patients, we are offering free exam and x-rays. We also free, offer a free nitrous for all patients or laughing gas and uh yeah several little things going on for the rest of the year awesome plus uh free fluoride right yeah uh, if you get in before december 1st that's true all right uh stonehavendental.com uh they have uh locations all over the place in fact i think 10 locations right yep, exactly. uh you can find one close to you stonehavendental.com or uh i, I say west valley's the best 4577 south 40th west thanks for jumping on with us kevin yeah thank you all right more next 97.5 and 1280 the zone Every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 975-1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for a little What's Going On, where we check in with the other shows on The Zone Sports Network. Brought to you today by our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions. Backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communication for 21st Century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. We are live from Stonehaven Dental, their West Valley location, 4577 South. 40th West. Um, two quick pieces of news before we get to, to what's going on, Gordon. First, the Texans have fired Bill O'Brien, which they okay. should have done uh, you know, months, if not years ago. And second, I have double-checked with my source, and it, it, it is indeed pronounced Morgan Whalen. Okay. Well, I don't know who your source is, but who's your source? A big, big, big country music fan. <laughs> Okay. Who may or so. may not have introduced Morgan Whalen into the Monson household? Uh, well, first of all, he didn't introduce it. <laughs> PK takes credit for everything. He didn't introduce it. Lisa already knew about that particular uh, artist. I don't know. I think PK might have turned Lisa on to it. Uh Lisa wasn't didn't really like him all that much, but uh, when when she played some of the music for me, I said, "Hey, I like that." So apparently, he's uh, done some songs she likes, and he's done some songs that are a little bit too uh, twangy for for her taste. But uh, but anyway, I've I like what I've heard so far. So so would you say he's Waylon in some of those tunes? Uh, did, did you like <laughs> Did you like Bob Marley and the Whalers? Were you a fan of them? Yeah. Waylon, Waylon Jennings could could uh, sing a tune. Uh, I don't know what any Who of Who was it that, that sung The Way We Were? Was that Babs? Yeah, that was Barbara Streisand. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, let's get to what? <laughs> Why, was she Waylon? <laughs> I, I don't know if I would describe that song well, as Well, you as do Waylon, have a per se. Waylon hat. That you like to wear. I'm wearing my Whalers hat right now, in fact. Are you really? Yes, I am. I do like good this Good-looking hat. hat. It is a good-looking hat. I agree. All right, speaking of PK, let's check in with DJ and PK 
they had a couple of very good college football guests on this morning talk about uh, BYU over the weekend. Uh, from one was uh, Pete Thamel and the other being Bill Conley. Here's uh, a couple of clips from this morning. Pete Thamel, National College Football Writer for Yahoo Sports. What, what does all this mean? BYU's crushing people, but what does it mean? How good are they? I think they're excellent. They have an excellent quarterback, and they have excellent lines, right? If, if you're really going to take a barometer and try to judge a team without the proper empirical evidence of opponents, I think the, the place you start are you know, the quarterback in the trenches, and that's where BYU has, in, has impressed me the most. I've watched a lot of them this year just because they've been on and in uh, really good, really great windows. So, so they have not got the best schedule uh, in college football due, due to obvious reasons because of the pandemic, and they had an excellent schedule uh, prior, but they have had a ton of exposure, which you've you, you got to give Tom Homo credit for. Um, and I really think that uh, I, I really think that they're they're excellent. You know, this is the kind of team that if they were still in the Mountain West, I think they'd be favored to win it at this point. So obviously they haven't had the best schedule, as you say. If they should go undefeated, which is still, you know, they've got a long way to go, so we can't say that just yet. And who knows if they're going to play the games and all that stuff. But just for argument's sake, we say you don't have the best schedule. If they go undefeated, would they have the worst schedule of undefeated teams? Well, it's hard to say because you don't know who else is going to go undefeated. But everyone, they're not going to make the play. All right. Like we can just get that out of the way right now because they're just they're not going to have they're going to have one potential top 25 game, maybe two, but no more than that. So that's a that's a pipe dream. But what you want to do is position yourself to, to get that other New York six bull bid. And I would think because of the exposure, because of the tenor, because of the star power, Zach Wilson, they're at least going to have like they're, they're going to they have so far thrust themselves into that conversation. And let's face it, they probably weren't in that conversation um, seriously considered when the, when the season started. So good on them. They've, they've earned it. They've earned it through authoritative wins and, and, and props to Kalani Sataki. He's done a, he's done an excellent job kind of on a slow burn build there. Bill Conley, national college football writer for ESPN. We have been thrashing about trying to answer the question, how good is BYU? From what we've seen through three games, tremendous. This is college football, so the ain't played nobody question is always out there. And I mean, certainly, you know, using my SP plus rankings, they haven't played a top 70 team yet. So there is that disclaimer, but they've made handled everybody basically and if you use something like my rankings or the spread as a bar usually teams that overachieve this dramatically to the game usually keep it up you cause many heart palpitations <laughs> when you mention BYU and playoff expound yeah. on that if the Pac-12 doesn't produce an unbeaten team I doubt they have a great chance the Big 12 has just about eliminated itself the Big 10 and SEC they're probably in good shape the field could clear itself up and it will have to for BYU to be considered because of the schedule. But if they continue to win games by 40 points on average and all these other teams lose two or three games, which is conceivable, then let's put it this way. This is the best possible year for you to have a dominant team against a weak schedule because it might get you a little further up the ladder than normal. All right, so kind of a lot of ground to cover there um, with BYU. One thing, one place to start with the college football over the weekend, Gordon, the Big 12 is pretty terrible. And I told you that mm-hmm. these other leagues would have to have several losses for the Pac-12 to get into the, uh, yes. the college football playoff. I yeah, still yeah. believe that, but the Big 12 might, the, the champ might have several losses. Well, if, <laughs> uh, as I said, if the other side of that equation was if Oregon, say Oregon, uh, goes undefeated and dominates its league, 
then a three-loss team from one of the other leagues is not going to beat it out for a position in the playoff. Uh, well, opinion. the argument was two losses, but uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. You said it would take three, so yeah, two. And I, I, if Oregon is dominant or some team is dominant in the Pac-12, I think they're going to the playoff. Uh, but BYU, forget about that. I, I, I just don't think there's any way that the Cougars are going to get in there. Uh, like, uh, like Pete said, I, there might be a chance for them in the New York, New Year's Six. But uh, a playoff, uh, even if they deserved it, even if it, was, it, it somehow became completely evident that they deserve to go, they ain't getting in. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're getting in either um, for all sorts of reasons, uh, including, yeah, you, I mean, will they have played a, a schedule worthy of giving them there? Probably not. I don't know. It, you know, you heard them talk about how good does Boise and, and San Diego State, how, how good do they turn out? You know, can they give it a little bit of, uh, of legitimacy? But the, the, the problem with, with the New Year's Six um, is that they already have to take another G5 team. I mean, are they really going to take another team that they don't have to take? I don't think so. I don't they think could, that they're going they to. Po- I think it's more likely for that to happen than for a playoff spot, but the, no duh, right? Uh, but uh, I, I suppose it could happen if BYU. A couple things, just like Pete said, that if BYU, which is getting terrific uh, national play and attention uh, up to the 15th in both polls uh, this week, uh, if they continue to beat everybody, including San Diego State and Boise State, by three or four touchdowns, then they might they might find their way to that light. But I don't know. I I, I I'm like you. I'm I'm kind of skeptical when it comes to trusting the powers that be in college football. Well, they've given us a lot of reason to. Yep not be trustworthy uh all right live from stonehaven dental today uh here in west valley 4577 south 40th west uh, coming up next we'll get to the hanson scotty quote uh, uh, uh clip coming up right around the corner um they talked about the release of utah's schedule so we will get to that and uh curious to get your thoughts on utah's schedule as well that's coming up uh, straight ahead want to remind you go to stonehaventental.com book your appointment uh, today convenient web scheduling they have a great deal for our listeners uh, they want to hook you up with a free exam, free x-ray, and if you get on the books before December 1st, you'll uh, get hooked up with a free fluoride treatment as well. So uh, jump on that. We'll have more Big Show straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Live at Stonehaven Dental, their West Valley location, 4577 South, 40th West. Feel free to drop in and see us. They've got great deals going on for our listeners right now. Great promotion, free exam and x-ray. You can also get a free fluoride treatment if um, you go to StonehavenDental.com and uh, book your appointment. So make that happen, Stonehaven Dental. Dot com. Let's. Uh, we didn't get to this in the last segment. Gordon just putting a bow on what's going on. Let's get to this clip from Hanson Scotty talking about Utah's schedule. As far as this six-game schedule is concerned, I, I, I feel decent about it. Yeah. I, mean, I, I actually feel like it works out in in Utah's favor. There's nothing overly worrisome about it, that's for sure. No. No, and I 
you know, you, for instance, you get USC at home. That's a, that's a good get. You talked about the the crossover. You get Oregon State. You know, you look at going on the road. If I had to go on the road, you now that Arizona State game on the road, that's going to be difficult. You know, even probably your toughest game right there. That's what I'm thinking too. Even mm-hmm. with USC, because mm-hmm. I don't know how fire. I mean, UCLA's has no interest in playing a season this year, and so I I'm not overly concerned about UCLA. Not overly concerned about Arizona, Oregon State, no, Colorado, no. Um, USC at home, I like Utah's chances there, certainly. That road game against Arizona State, but, I mean, to me, I'm looking at this, I'm seeing 5-1, and 4-2 and two at worst. Yeah, that Arizona State game is probably the one. Man, USC is going to be difficult, but, you know, I, I've been a big fan of, of that Jaden Daniels. I, I thought that the way he finished out the season last year was was pretty incredible. Um, I know that he wasn't all everything in those games, but remember they beat, I think it was Oregon, that was a highly ranked team. Remember everybody was hoping Oregon could be that Pac-12 team that broke into the four-team playoff, Correct. and then Arizona State beat them. And you remember Jaden Daniels in that game was incredible. Lights out. Yeah, lights out incredible. And then they picked up Florida State in the bowl game, and he played extremely well there. Arizona State's the one team on this schedule on the road. Is that in December? Uh, Let's see here. It was November 28th. Okay. Close. That's the one that makes me a little bit nervous. I know that people are are concerned, and, and rightfully so. There should be some level of concern for Utah's changeover. Do you remember when I went through the games experience that they that, that Utah's losing? Listen to this. Bradley and I, 47 games and 30 sacks he's taken with him. So you lose a big one in Bradley and I. Francis Bernard, 48 games. 22 of those with BYU, 26 of them with Utah. He had 20 TFLs. That dude was unbelievable. Julian Blackman, 48 games. Terrell Burgess, 45 games. By the way, all these guys draft picks. Lecky Foto, 45 games. Tyler Huntley, 37 games. Zach Moss, 45 games. Josh Nurse, 40 games. Darren Paulo, 53 games. John Penasini, 40 games. 15 TFLs and five sacks from Penasini. Damari Simpkins, 54 games. These are the these are the leaders you're losing. I I wonder if in the country if you took games of individuals that you're losing. I know LSU might have lost more starters, but I think if you took games of individuals that you're losing, I don't know if anybody would be top what Utah's losing. Uh, hard pressed to, and and the quality of what you've lost too. I mean, you can lose guys, but then when you lose guys and lose him to the NFL mm-hmm. and and that kind of caliber of player that's 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 tough. I will tell you though Scotty when you know, talking to coaches and kind of getting a feel there you know, they're worried about losing this talent. You can't argue that. They're they're worried about losing the talent, but they're also very encouraged by the amount of talent that they've brought in, the youth. Whether it's a transfer or it's a, a it'll be a freshman or they do believe they've got speed and talent. But when you're taking on Arizona State on the road late November, it's tough. When you're, con- when you're condensing camp 
and you're expecting them to jump on the field against Arizona, which is nice that they get them at Rice-Eccles Stadium out of the gates against Arizona. I think that that's a pretty good start for Utah. I'd agree with that. You know, you still have to figure out what exactly you've got. And um, they don't get the northern Arizona or no Idaho State tune-up or southern Utah. Or I guess or, what was it this year? Was it Montana State they were supposed to play? I think so. You're not getting that. Nope. And and I, I also I, I know that they're getting physical up there. I just wonder how much they're actually even going to be able to scrimmage, really. You know, they'll they'll scrimmage some, I'm sure, but like a game like scrimmage, it's going to be tough. That actually that game right out of the gates makes you a little bit nervous. With the amount of talent that they love. look at LSU, don't you don't oh, look yeah. any further than LSU defending champs lost a ton, and then you start the season losing to Mississippi State. All right, there you go. That's uh, Hanson Scotty breaking down the uh, the Ute football schedule. Uh, one thing I will I will add to what the guys talked about or disagree with a little bit. Uh, we need to forget what we think we know about home field advantage, because right. I don't think it means hardly anything. Have you have you seen in the NFL the road team has won more games than the home team so far yeah, when this year? When there's no fans in the stands, what difference does it make? The field right. is the same. You know, the yeah, weather may be travel. an issue. Uh, the weather may be an issue in the November December thing, so you might would rather be on the road at Arizona State yeah. for a late November game. You know, mm-hmm. so I mm-hmm. uh, I heard him say a couple times, and it's natural because we all do this. Like, oh, they've got USC at home. You know, it. I don't I don't think it's going to make a whole heck of a lot of difference, actually. I don't think so either. Uh, I guess on November twenty first, it could be cold in Salt Lake City and. The Trojans uh, probably are used to uh, about you know sixty five degrees something like that, so that could factor in somehow or another. Right. But I agree with you. I heard him talking about road games and home games, and I'm not sure uh, uh, more so than any other year, uh, and any other year that will be this that does not matter this year. And then they for their crossover game, we were wondering about that. They they draw the mighty beeves. Um, if it were me and I was I was picking a, a a guaranteed win opponent, I would have selected Washington State. But Oregon State, I don't think is going to be that much better. That, you know that you just used a phrase there that is really interesting, and I was thinking about it as the guys were discussing this schedule. Is that much better? How much? I mean, do we do we factor in too much what happened last year versus what could happen this year, and how the teams change or how advancement could be made or ground could be lost um, so, so, so we don't know we we really don't know how these teams are going to look because obviously we haven't seen them play yet so well, there is the, some room for slippage there well the basis for my opinion um it does have a little something to do with last year because jonathan smith i think is a decent coach uh oregon state's a, a tough place to coach but i think he's made some improvements in in his time there and then washington so if he state made, so if he so if he made improvement uh over his previous time you give him another year then i i don't know what the limitations have been at oregon state but you'd think that they may make up more ground but then washington state uh they lost their coach they they've got a new coach in who's going to change the style but they lost half so my opinion, I would have rather had Washington State if I were looking for an easy game. It has to do with really first-year head coach at Washington mm-hmm. State. Yeah. So, 
And, and what, what did Oregon State do last year? You remember they were they, a little bit were, better, they right? They were better than they usually are, yeah. So They made, and, they made improvement. I don't and have Jonathan, right uh, I, I'm bringing it up right here. Jonathan Smith um, is kind of an old, or uh, he was a quarterback, I know, but I think he's tried to make the O line. Oh, of course, and I'm bringing five and seven. Okay, which obviously isn't terrific, but compared to uh, compared to what they usually are, four and five in league. And I know the Utes smashed them last year, but for where that program was, anyway, we're arguing over a weird thing here, but uh, Oregon State, I'd certainly rather have them than Washington, right? Or Oregon or Stanford, mm-hmm. if I'm looking for a guaranteed W. Yep. Uh, because I think being undefeated will obviously make a difference, as, particularly in getting to the conference championship. So, uh, What did you think? That, Sorry, I, go ahead. Thing the, guy, the guys brought up there that I think is really important to consider, it gets back to what I asked about earlier, advancement versus slippage. I mean, when you look at the talent the Utes lost off last year's team, it is that's a whole lot of talent, just like those guys said. And if they can, if, if the Ute program can lose that kind of talent and just go right on ticking, then hats off to them because that is rather remarkable. Um, well, define keep on ticking because I, I, I am not picking the Utes to win the division. This year, I saw the over/under on victories uh, out of Vegas, and it had Oregon. It, Oregon's number was six, which I mean, you know. So SC was five and a half, and I think Utah and Washington. Uh, there might have been somebody else. I don't have it in front of me here, but we're four and a half. So, uh, based on the the money setup. People think the Utes, they, they have established themselves as being a respectable program. And Would you pick them in the division, though? Uh, no, I, I don't think I would, but uh, I still thought that number was an interesting one, that it was behind only SC. I forget what Arizona – I think Arizona State might have been four and a half, too. I'm not 100% sure. So we don't but, uh, we don't know with Utah. I would think that they, they will – Likely smash Arizona. They should beat up on Colorado, Oregon State. You know those things. UCLA. Those and UCLA. Those should be four in the bag victories, right? We can think. And then they've got uh, USC and Arizona State. Those are going to be their two most difficult games. And then whoever they get in the seventh game, of course, we don't know. But you know, Utah had a really good team last year and still didn't beat USC and Arizona State. Uh, is still kind of young, but basically bringing back their whole team. So we know more about both USC and Arizona State than we do about Utah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, and that's why if the Utes come back strong against the again this year and they are in the running for the division title, then uh, again, having lost that kind of talent to the NFL, that that says a whole lot about what Kyle Whittingham has built up on the hill. All right, I want to remind you, we're hanging out here live, Stonehaven Dental, where their West Valley location, 4577 South, 40th West, but they have 10 locations all up and down the Wasatch Front, so they've got one close to you. Log on stonehavendental.com to book your appointment. 
uh, and uh, they're very flexible. Uh, they uh, can often fit in same-day appointments or, or same-day treatment uh, in a lot of cases, and they've got a great deal going on right now for Zone listeners. You get a free exam and x-ray. Uh, if you schedule your appointment before December 1, you'll also get a free fluoride treatment. So get online, StonehavenDental.com, and uh, take better care of your teeth. And uh, get a great experience. Uh, they do the nitrous no charge. They want to make sure that you are comfortable and, of course, well taken care of. StonehavenDental.com. That's StonehavenDental.com. Chris Mannix joins the show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.